0: Hello everybody and welcome to episode 272 of the Spoiler Alert Podcast brought to you by MovieOutsiders.com. I'm Danny and I'm here with Mike and tonight we're discussing the white hot biopic of Judy Garland, Judy, starring everybody's favorite Renee Zellweger and superstar Rufus Sewell (laughs) with special appearance by megastar Finn Wittrock. Mike, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing great,
1: Danny. That you, you sounded like one of the announcers for like a monster truck show on Sunday, Sunday, Sunday.
0: Michael Gambon, Gambon, Gambon. <laughs> That's right. He's in this as well. I think. <laughs> well, what why? How can you not
1: validate that for sure? Didn't you see it? I, I did not. Okay. So
0: this is a, we're starting this one a little bit strange, uh, strangely, in that I have not seen this movie. Now. Now, listen, I'm sure that a number of our listeners flacked to the theaters and caught Judy in one of the many, 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 many available showtimes and screens in their area. But I actually struggled to find an appropriate opportunity to see this. And I traveled, I think, three times oh, to rough. different cities around the country and could and not, not find a single screen that was either playing it at all or that was playing at a time that I could, in any way, shape, or form, make the screening. Right. So we we actually got recorded like a, this a, a little bit a late, ten a.m.
1: on a Tuesday.
0: Yeah, this is this is a you know we we waited, we pushed the episode a week to try and get it in, and ultimately I just had to call the game and say I, I didn't get to see it. But fear not, listeners, because Mike, you saw it, and did. you're going to tell us all about yes. it. I'm very eager to hear what you think of this movie and uh, your movie going experience.
1: It was difficult for me to see it as well. By the time I saw it, which was like week three of being released, it was on one screen in Madison on the other side of town. And it was going to be done by the next time I was back in town. And I don't think it was showing in Dallas at all. So I actually had a little bit of trouble getting in to see it as well. It was like a a 10 a.m. or maybe like a a noon on a Sunday or something like that. Now,
0: just to that point, I mean, I I feel like this movie was billed as a big awards contender for Renee Zellweger. Absolutely. She got very strong reviews, possible best actress nomination here in the offing. What does it say that it's like already kind of a flash in the pan, very difficult to see, maybe on its way out? I think it That's made what good. Like
1: 31 million or something like that. I mean, not a lot of not a lot of box office. Wow. But I feel like every year there is an actor or actress or maybe a couple actors and actresses that get the same kind of of out-of-the-gate amazing reviews and nobody sees the movie that they're in like last year it was Willem Dafoe playing Vincent Van Gogh and then like like that like that was that one that he was nominated for he did get a nomination for he did get a nomination and you also had Glenn Close in The Wife nobody saw The Wife but like you know the critics raved about it and and she got a ton of reviews and Good reviews, and then you know you caught it on DVD maybe six months later. So I, I, I did I understand. I feel like there's always a couple of these types of movies.
0: Don't you um, feel like most of them are Glenn Close, though? Yeah, <laughs> it's been her. M- How more many than once. Glenn Close movies have you ever actually <laughs> sat through? I can think of one, and that's Hook, and she's got an <laughs> uh, an unbilled cameo as a man with a beard. That's like the. <laughs> The one Glenn Close movie I can really put my finger on immediately <laughs> that I have seen and at one point really enjoyed yeah, all right good,
1: yeah. good. I mean, I also think that these are are interesting movies too, when you've got um, an actress or an actor getting rave reviews for playing a real person and not just like a real person like Vincent van Gogh that like nobody could really you know tell you whether or not Willem Defoe is portraying Vincent van Gogh 's mannerisms the way he carried right. himself. But like a Johnny, it, when, Joaquin, when, when Joaquin Phoenix played Johnny Cash, or yeah. or Jamie Foxx played Ray Charles, and and um, what's her name, blonde Reese Witherspoon won for playing June Carter Cash. I mean, like these are yeah. all like recent history pop culture figures, and I would put Judy Garland into that that category as well.
0: Would
1: you? Oh, absolutely. I mean, yeah. I think that at, at, I think that. At, at our, height of her popularity she was without a doubt one of the most famous entertainers in the
0: world and an icon when she died it's gonna shock you to know that i know very very little about judy garland so so if there was anything that i was interested about with this movie it was learning more about judy garland and as you give us the plot recap i gotta know right up front was this a Sort of cradle to grave biopic, or is this not at like all. Lincoln, where it's like a, a nine yes. month
1: period of her life? It's a shorter period than that, as a matter of fact. Like, this really? movie spans okay. about two to three months of her life. Wow. Um, so, what it's a bold the...
0: and possibly terrible decision. <laughs> well, the fact that
1: it's not in theaters anymore might. <laughs> Shed a little light on that, right? So, So it takes place in the late 1960s towards the end of Judy Garland's life. And, you know, first we see her entertaining, but we find out quickly that she's out of money and in danger of losing her children. So in a desperate move to be able to support them... She agrees to temporarily relocate to London for a string of performances at a nightclub, an engagement that's going to last several weeks, and I think, like, December of 1968 or something like that. However, her substance abuse has caused her to flake out during performances, and her shows are uneven at best and unmitigated disasters at worst. Like, it it depends on the night. Uh, Yeah. Uh, So, a few weeks after she lands in London, she's paid a visit by a man named Mickey whom she had met at a party immediately before departing for London, and they are quickly married, he becoming her fifth husband. All of this is intercut with occasional flashbacks to Wizard of Oz era Judy on the set of the movie that would make her a star and set on course the trajectory of her whirlwind career. But back in London, when the exhaustion gets the better of her, she tables the continuation of the London performances but not before one final curtain call that leaves them crying mere months before she passes away from a drug overdose. And that's Judy. I mean, we're talking weeks, not
0: quite months
1: of a biopic here.
0: Wow. So, so this covers just a few weeks at the very tail end of not only her career, but her life and dwells on her substance abuse, her faltering talent, her fading stardom, yeah. her horrific family situation, her awful choices in her love life, and yet takes a few moments to rub it all in and remind us, hey, remember when she was famous and she kind of right. had the world on a string? Right, right. Yeah. I mean, so I will say- Sounds like is a, a laugh a, a minute. Sounds like it, a great one.
1: There's a lot of depressing moments in this film, and it's ultimately, yeah, a very tragic story. I mean, somebody who was kind of set up for the life that she had at at, at that age, in her 40s, you know, because of her childhood stardom. There are also some really funny moments, too. Like, Judy Garland was a, you know, she could be a really humorous person, and Renee Zellweger nails that, that part of, of her life as well. I guess I would just say out of the gate. I mean... Renée Zellweger is amazing in this role. She she gets really? all yes. All of the mannerisms and the nervous tics that Judy Garland had. I mean, you said you don't know a lot about her. Um I've I don't know a ton about her, but have like watched her Christmas specials and stuff like that from the 60s that she did with her children, and it's just really sad to watch her because she had such a a scary nervous energy about her. There was a lot that Ooh. I didn't I, so Talk about I, that. What do you mean, scary, nervous? Like, she twitched a lot. She she kind of shook on camera. She was always, like, moving her head around. It was just a... She made people anxious. And so uh, doing research for this, I didn't know, like, quite how bad things had really gotten. Like, I think she had either attempted suicide or threatened suicide in front of her children and things like that. Like, really struggling with addiction, um, you know, both uppers, downers, and alcohol. Um, oh, wow. It, it, I mean, uh, she's married five times. I mean, uh, obviously, uh, li- living kind of a, a weird life. And um, yeah, the other thing that's, that I, I find so amazing about Renee Zellweger in this role is that she doesn't have a similar voice to Judy. And she sings a lot in the film. If you close your eyes, you just hear Renee Zellweger, yet she gets all of the mannerisms so perfectly that it, it doesn't even matter. It's like it's, she could sound like oh, Kermit the Frog singing Judy Garland songs and she looks so perfect.
0: So you're saying that the physical manifestation is eerily spot on. Yes. Nothing attempted with the voice. See what I find interesting is I I in preparing for this episode, I read that Renee Zellweger is releasing a solo album of her covering Judy Garland songs. Oh, interesting. the voice isn't right or it's kind of a weird take, like, why bother putting out an album? I mean, this seems like a weird bit of side merchandising for a not successful film. I was okay with it, though, because
1: didn't we learn that, like, Rami Malek wasn't doing a lot of the vocals as Freddie Mercury in Bohemian Rhapsody last year? Like, they had other people singing the songs. He was... Just the physical personification Correct. of Freddie Mercury, so dead on.
0: Correct, but he also didn't release a, a, a solo album of Rami Malik sings Queen. Sure,
1: sure. I'm just, I, yeah. I'm, I'm strangely okay with the fact that she sounds like Renel, Renee Zellweger, and I like Renee Zellweger's voice, so I, I was okay with okay. her not sounding like Judy Garland.
0: Does she sound squinty?
1: <laughs> she, she does not. Okay. She, and and I think that's another thing that kind of made her perfect casting for this is that it, Judy did do that quite a bit. So like they, Oh, really? Okay. They didn't. They didn't need to take it too far, you know. Just Renee being Renee was kind of Judyish. And I Got really it. did. I liked the production too. I think that the costumes and the crafts were were really cool to look at. The stage design and and, and set decoration were all very spot on. Late sixties, London. Um, sure. Piccadilly Square, like it, it really, it was, it was neat to watch.
0: Will this, in your opinion, be up for some of the below the line awards? I don't know about it. Or was it, it Maybe not co- spectacular I would say, enough?
1: I would say it wouldn't surprise me if costumes were just because, okay. I mean, they, she was dressed like Judy Garland all the time and she's in every scene of this movie wearing a different costume. I mean, it seems like the work went into that one. Got it. I think that there were some really bad script choices. The flashback scenes were distracting and they don't even tell you all that much. And and there's like maybe half a dozen of them and they're all kind of the same. And it's basically young Judy being kind of bossed around and harassed by the studio heads. So Louis B. Mayer was, I guess, kind of known as a jackass studio head or f- f- head, of, sure. head of MGM. And there's some, there's some really ugly scenes where like, I think he's, he's touching her inappropriately, perhaps, um, you couldn't quite tell, is this going too far or not? Like maybe it was meant to be slightly ambiguous, um, him, you know, reminding her that she can't eat anything. She's going to be the biggest star ever, but she needs to stay thin, all of these scenes were kind of, the, the the half a dozen of them were the same sort of two and a half minutes. And then there's also this other woman at the studio that's kind of like, I don't know if we call her her handler or her chaperone or what whatever her role sure. is. She's absolutely the least likable person ever in a film, ever. <laughs> like, like Hannibal Lecter is a lot more charming than she was. And she would, you know, she's the one that had to Oops. give her the pills, right? The uppers when she needed to stay awake for a late night. Um, shoot uh, the the downers to get her to sleep when it was time to go to bed or she was feeling anxious so i mean you're basically just seeing the film studio getting her started off as an addict at you know age yeah. 14 or something like that and really um it, 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 ugly to see and the, and the two of the, those two characters were so one note that they were almost sort of laughable. Like, I think you would would have described them as mustache-twirling villains or whatever, like, just absurd, eye-rolling. And what I also found out researching this, then, is that, like, there is some truth to what happened between Louis B. Mayer and Judy Garland that she put a stop to, I guess, pretty quickly when it was happening. Good for her. But then, like, they remained friends, and she actually spoke really kindly of him the rest of her life and after his death. Like, so... Hmm. So whatever, whatever transpired, I don't know. Either she was able to forgive or maybe, you know, was a little bit different than what we see in this film here. Sure. But I guess the flashbacks and even then, you know, you, you have this three minute flashback scene and you cut back to London where she's going to have another performance and this one goes badly and then there's a flashback scene. Now there's another performance. This one goes pretty well and, you know, she's on top of the world again but then she's in her dressing room by herself later that night on the phone with her kids, crying and taking pills and stuff like that. All of this just kept repeating. This was lather, rinse, repeat for two hours. And, oh, and, and, and the only break when you can smile is then listening to Renee sing a Judy Garland song, right? Like, we, you know the music, and it's, it's cheery, and it's chipper, and so and then we get a little break. That's really it. I mean, that's it. I'm, I'm telling you, we're covering weeks of her life, not, not years,
0: so, what did Judy Garland do after The Wizard of Oz? Was she in other movies, or was she more yeah. of a Broadway star? No, I she was, legitimately she was in, don't know. She was she was
1: in a lot of movies. So, Wizard of Oz was late '30s. In the '40s, she was in uh, some popular ones, um, usually musicals. She was in Meet Me in St. Louis, that was a popular uh, musical of the time. Uh, Easter Parade was another one that she was in. Those were. Big musical hits at the time, so I think she did films through the '40s, and then she had kind of a career lull. Uh, you know, I think when she got to her '30s, things weren't you know, she wasn't getting the roles anymore. I mean, this sadly happens to a lot of actresses in Hollywood. Yet today, right? And then she had this like famous comeback in the mid '60s, like like akin to Elvis's comeback after he had kind of stagnated after he was in the army. She gave this like series of sold out shows at Carnegie Hall and just blew the roof off the place. And like music critics from around the world just couldn't believe that she was back and she sounded as good as ever. But by the time we get to this a few years later, she has clearly done some damage and exhausted Mm. herself to the point of, you know, obviously a tragic end.
0: Do you think that Renee Zellweger was, um, Feeling some kinship here, given that back in like two thousand one, two thousand two, she was a white hot commodity. Oh, that's a she good point. She could sort of yeah. do no wrong. She wanted the best uh, supporting actress for Cold Mountain in 04. and then she had like one or two kind of duds. And then I honestly thought she disappeared for a long time, but it was really since about 09, she took like a, a year or two off, and then just did a couple of poorly received little scene things. And then she did a Bridget Jones baby. So she did a sequel to Bridget Jones diary, but that was just three years ago. I mean, I thought yeah, her right. Luger, had been like out to pasture for like a decade, but she was just, she headlined a, a movie three years ago. Yeah, right. But like, right. She, like her star is definitely not quite as brightly shining in Hollywood as it had been at the beginning of this millennium.
1: But who knows now, right? So like is this th- her big this... comeback? Is this Maybe, maybe.
0: She did this uh, in 2019 and then a very very poorly received Netflix series which I think also is meant to really put her back in the zeitgeist and get us all talking about her okay. Zellweger and nobody saw it and those who that did didn't pan out we're here. not kind. Yeah. Okay, all right, got it, got it. Yeah. Ooh-wee.
1: What's up with that? So, this movie was based on a play uh, by, I think, I think whoever did the screenplay for this one actually wrote the play as well. And what's up with that play being set solely in her hotel room the entire show?
0: Oh, dear. Can you
1: can you imagine that? Like, remember when we saw fences and like, we, like we couldn't handle that. And then we kind of like the, the play is sort of set in one room or something right. like that. Like, Oh
0: no. And there's not no. even a good fence in that movie. No,
1: no. And so the fact that they call it a play makes me feel like it, they, they, there was no musical number. Like she's not singing in her dressing room. Right. So I'm glad we added some music to this one. It pepped it up quite a bit.
0: sounds like it. Um, what is up with the the film taking some time to remind everybody that she was a big supporter of Senator Joseph McCarthy and that now in hindsight, you know, in today's environment, maybe that was, you know, ill advised at the time. Wait, wait, what did you say? <laughs>
1: She meets. I mentioned that she meets her fifth husband at a party. I think in Los Angeles before she ultimately heads to London. What's up with her even being at this party? She is the oldest person there by at least fifteen years. Like it's a, it's a pretty hip crowd. She looks kind of like a grandma by this point. It, right. it wasn't. It, it, was, it wasn't her scene. It, it, and I don't think she should have been there.
0: Oh, that's too bad. Uh, yeah. What is up with the fact that she seems kind of grandmash given that she spent several several years as a Navy frogman with an expertise in demolition and probably could have killed any of those people in that party with her bare hands?
1: Is this a made-up thing entirely? Is, is, are, are you just making these up? What? <laughs> what? 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 What's... So at the end... Of the show, when she's kind of realized she's too exhausted to continue in London, yeah. she's gonna she's gonna give you know uh, she, she cancels the show. It's gonna go over to another headliner. What's up with the headliner replacing her being Lonnie Donegan? This is like Who's a that? this is like a British guy that sang Skiffle. He was an influence of the Beatles. E. Like they were kind of fans of his in the mid. Fifties or something like that, he's gonna be the person replacing Judy Garland on their marquee. Can you imagine if you'd had Judy tickets and showed up, and Lonnie Donagin is like your Caratop. headliner? Carrot Top, yes. Carrot Top shows up.
0: <laughs> right, right, right. What's up with the twelve-minute animated sequence that closed this <laughs> movie after her death? Did <laughs> you see that coming? No. Well, it was post credits I thought that. I didn't stick around. Yeah. Oh, is that yeah. it? Is that it? Right, post credits. Right. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Also, what's up with the uh, the six or seven minute subtitle Japanese interlude? I didn't even few... know she spoke
1: Japanese.
0: Not fluently.
1: <laughs> she sure did in this one. Man, Kudos to Renee for nailing fantastic. that.
0: Fantastic. Uh, Mike, are you ready for five listener-submitted questions regarding Judy? Yes. Okay, excellent. Here we go. Question number one. Prior to the film's release... Liza Minnelli publicly made it clear through her Facebook account that she had never met nor spoken to Renee Zellweger and made it clear that she personally did not approve nor sanction the film project in any way. What the hell else is on Liza Minnelli's Facebook account?
1: (laughs) Why did she feel the need to come out so strongly about this? Like, had she even seen the movie at that point? She just wanted everybody to know. Just
0: put it out there on Facebook.
1: She, she, she also like, she also probably like posts pictures of what she's eating and stuff like she's that. A bit, yeah,
0: like food Instagram, but yeah, it's not like yeah. good looking food. It's like a, it's like a kind of a greasy grilled cheese. Half the cheese is leaked out the side. It doesn't even look good. Like like generic kettle chips on the side. <laughs> anyway, question like an apple number two. Sauce cup. Yeah, or like a packet of applesauce, like a go-go squeeze. Like she's going to like slurp it out of a pouch. That's what Liza does. Question number two. Of all the famous Judys, and by that I mean Bloom, Dench, Greer, Davis, Garland, Bloomberg, Pickles, which is your favorite? Pickles. I knew it. I knew you'd pick Pickles. You
1: you knew it. Yeah. 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 yeah,
0: yeah. There was a chance you'd pick Bloomberg because she's a nice dancer, but I yeah. don't know if you... Yeah. Okay. <laughs> question number three. Are you a friend of Dorothy? No. Question number four. Is anyone allowed to ask that question? <laughs> I don't know. I mean,
1: there there is a scene that I didn't even get into in the film where there is a um, gay couple that gets tickets to one of her shows and they actually end up meeting. Like they like I think they wait backstage or by the stage door or something to actually talk to her and and she's, you know, super kind to them. They become friends. Like I think they hang out for dinner a couple times, and oh. she comes over to their place and plays piano and stuff like that. So it's it's addressed in the film very briefly. Um no, I don't know if you're allowed to ask that or not. We did, so th- we'll see what happens. Here,
0: here's a freebie question just based on your answer there. Do you think that scenes like that give stalkers hope and that <laughs> they sort of hold out hope that you'll be able to meet the object of your obsession and the celebrity whom you admire and they'll like have you over and you can have them over at your hotel and play piano and have a drink and do poppers or whatever you do (laughs) with Judy Garland. Okay. It
1: it may very well be the case that it gives them hope. Yes. Okay.
0: Uh, Last question Uh, in the trivia section on IMDB for this film, the last note says, and I'm quoting in an interesting piece of coincidence Renee Zellweger watched Judy Garland sing Down with Love on a TV in the 2003 movie Down with Love. A, is that interesting? Nope. And B, can you call it an interesting piece of coincidence when 23 out of 38 people on IMDb found it interesting and 15 did not? Nope, you cannot. No,
1: that needs to be reworded by whomever posted it or by IMDb themselves. Someone should
0: be policing this. Someone at IMDb should say, hey, hey, 60.4% of the people said it's interesting. That's not really enough to just say. You need full 80. Otherwise, yeah, yeah. I feel like every note should just start in a fascinating piece of trivia, dot, dot, dot. And then whatever the trivia is. Right. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, that was five questions regarding Judy. <laughs> All right. Thank done. you, listeners. Appreciate it. Thank All right. You. So, your final thoughts? Did you like the film? And does Renee Zellweger have a chance at, at awards love? Um, I think the
1: film is getting really good reviews and higher than I expected. I totally support her her awards love and and the the kudos she's receiving for her portrayal. The movie to me was you know, a C plus like you have anybody doing anything less than what she's doing with that role. And it would have been a really boring movie.
0: All right. Well, Hey, uh, thanks so much for sticking with the episode. I really wish I'd seen it. Maybe I'll catch it, uh, when it's on video and especially if Renee does receive some awards nominations. But until then, I really look forward to our next episode. This is another small film, but very highly regarded and highly strange. The lighthouse with Willem Dafoe, Robert Pattinson, and a ton of flatulence.
1: Thanks for listening to the Spoiler Alert podcast. Please visit us online at movieoutsiders.com, where you can see what films we'll be discussing next, comment on our recent episodes, suggest movies to review, or topics to discuss, or submit questions for the five-questions segment of the podcast. Stop by and visit our Facebook page at facebook.com forward slash movieoutsiders, and be sure to follow us on Twitter, at movieoutsiders. If you're a fan of the show, we'd really appreciate you leaving a review on iTunes, Overcast, Stitcher, or whatever podcast subscription service you use. We'll be back again next week with another episode, but until then, enjoy the movies.